It was so good to be back inside the church building this last week. Well, I was there for a few specific reasons. Honestly, I've always known the church is the body of Christ. The church is you and me. It's our children. It's our women, men, families, young adults, and seniors. The church is our community of believers who follow Jesus. The church is not a piece of property with bricks, mortar, stained glass, and stucco. But there I was. I was on campus. I was there to check my mail. I was there to meet uh, a couple of AL team members and look over the uh, a repair project on the east wall. Some of you know about this. Uh, the rest of the folks will hear more about it later, but just know that that construction project is back underway with a, a completion sometime this spring. We really are talking about building God's house during the season of Lent. Well, in the midst of my time downtown, I was inside the sanctuary. I was looking at the dirt and the leaves that had blown in under the door, and I just found myself thinking and even saying to myself, wait, this is God's house. It's a mess. We're going to clean up this place. Now, Logically, you might say, I was surrounded by stained glass, by bricks, cement, carpeting, painted walls, shadows, and light fixtures, and so forth. But spiritually and emotionally, though, it was actually, and I might just say, very comforting and peaceful to be once again involved with building God's house. I'm reading to you today from 2 Samuel chapter 7, selected verses, and from Psalm 127. After the king, by the way, we're speaking here of King David. After King David was settled in his palace, and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies around him, he said to Nathan the prophet, Here I am, living in a house of cedar, while the ark of God remains in a tent? Nathan replied to the king, Whatever you have in mind, go ahead and do it, for the Lord is with you. But that night the Lord came to Nathan the prophet again, saying, Go and tell my servant David, this is what the Lord says. Are you the one to build me a house to dwell in? Now then, tell my servant David, this is what the Lord Almighty says. I took you from the pasture, from tending the flock, and appointed you ruler over my people Israel. I have been with you wherever you have gone, and I have cut off all your enemies from before you. Now I will make your name great, like the names of the greatest men on earth. And I will provide a place for my people Israel, and I will plant them so that they can have a home of their own and no longer be disturbed. The Lord declares to you then, The Lord himself will establish a house for you. When your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up for you offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood, and I will establish the Lord's kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. And from Psalm 127, just the first verse, Unless the Lord builds the house, 
those who build it labor in vain. So ends today's reading. My friends, depending on when you're listening to this message for this week, this week, today, if you're listening on Sunday, today is the first Sunday of Lent. Now, Lent is wrought with images of being on a sometimes difficult journey that culminates in Easter morning. Lent culminates in peaceful pastures of new life and enduring, everlasting love always being offered by God. The season of Lent is also about God's timing of life events being fulfilled, just like we heard from 2 Samuel. In fact, Look closely at the gospel stories and notice once again God's plan unfolding especially for the disciples, Jesus' closest friends, as they learned and they grew into the men God needed them to be at that time, at that specific time in history. You know, people often miss the time, place, and opportunity dimensions of King David's plan to finally build a permanent house for God. The nation of Israel, with a long history of slavery, turned drifters and then searchers, and then finally trekking to find God's place for them, was finally settled now, and they were unified for a time. When we think of David and some of the most marvelous things that David did, he's known for unifying the whole nation of Israel. Now, in today's reading, David realizes he has some pretty nice digs. He's got a really nice cedar home, while God is still kind of floating around in a flimsy, temporary fabric recreational vehicle, so to speak. Although David, it sounds like anyway, David felt somewhat guilty for having a nicer home than the creator of heaven and earth, God, through the prophet Nathan, reminds David that God is the builder of heavenly homes. God is the builder of homes genuinely dedicated to serving God. That's what Lent is about, and that's what today's sermon is about as well. The Enduring Word Commentary says it like this. Without saying the specific words, David told Nathan the prophet that he wanted to build a temple to replace the temporary tabernacle. When Israel was in the wilderness, specifically wandering the Sinai Peninsula for 40 years before this, God had commanded Moses to build a tent of meeting according to a specific pattern. God never asked for a permanent building to replace the tent. But now David, King David, wanted to do this for his God. The tent of meeting, it's called, also known as the tabernacle, was perfectly suited to Israel in the wilderness because they constantly wandered, they drifted, they moved, they journeyed. Now that Israel was securely in the land and the Ark of the Covenant was in Jerusalem, David thought it would be better and more appropriate to build a permanent temple to replace the tabernacle. But God promised David that he would be the one to build him a house in the sense of establishing a dynasty for the house of David. God said, thank you, David, but no thanks. Let me build you a house instead. Well, Wendy and I have always been kind of project people and out 
outdoors people. And uh, you might even say, you know, we're good with tools and we're builders in a way. Wendy and I have been sort of rebuilding the Parsonage. The Parsonage, by the way, is the home owned by Yuma First Church. And we've been working on this project since we came back in 2016. Early on, we removed two shaggy overgrown hedges. We painted a wall. We redid the front yard with sod, replaced all the windows. We installed two new ceiling fans. And Wendy gave both bathrooms a total facelift, as well as she painted some other rooms in the house. Just in the last year, we installed two new ceiling lights, replaced the water heater, removed two diseased trees in the backyard. We put in new plants and a second new planting in the backyard. We've also repaired the dryer. Yep, Wendy and I are kind of been project managers of the Parsonage while we've been here. But we're talking about nurturing new life. We're talking about restoration. We're talking about remodeling and renewing things where there'd once been disease and even death. New things were revived. And the Parsonage, which has been our home while in Yuma, do you know it's still being built? It's still being restored? Just like your life and mine, especially with that focus during this season of Lent. Indeed, our Yuma neighborhood has for the last several months. There's been at least one time and opportunity dimension going on just a couple blocks away, just off of 19th Street. There's about a two-acre plot of land. It's called The Village, and there's eight new homes on that plot of land. It's been underway now for about a year or so. Well, a few months ago, as we were walking around that block often, Wendy and I noticed that rows and rows of ceramic roof tiles were stacked up on the roofs of four to five houses. And then those, those neatly stacked piles would be left as is for months while the construction crew started building the framework of another house on an adjacent lot. Then after several weeks, it would happen again. All this time, those neatly stacked rows of ceramic tiles would stay neatly in place on the roofs of all those homes. Well, Wendy and I finally realized they were planning and arranging for a single roofing crew to come in and complete the roof tile installation on all the houses at the same time in one fell swoop. And at this writing, most of the homes in this small division near Avenue A in Yuma have very attractive finished ceramic tile roofs now beaming in the sunlight. That said, and again, I take you back to the reading today out of 2 Samuel chapter 7. The Lenten journey is an annual reminder, I think, that God is the builder. God takes the available materials. God makes those materials ready. And God sets the schedule and the timing. But it's up to us to participate in the life-building process, handing over to God those parts of ourselves that need to be remodeled most, those parts of ourselves that need to be rebuilt, repaired, renewed, maybe even recreated, which for me personally is a pretty accurate picture of what the season of Lent can authentically accomplish in my life and in yours. So what rebuilding, refreshing, remodeling, recreating plan does God have in mind for you this year? Where do you see yourself? 
What needs to change? Where do you think you need to grow? You know, it could be that the most significant aspect of renewal and need of not only myself and you, the Yuma community and worldwide, right here, close to home where you live, is a, if you're a computer person, maybe what's needed most is a total reboot of our operating system. Maybe a total makeover of our worldview of the way we understand the things we encounter each day. Simply, regardless of what image you use, maybe what's needed most is that you and I have an adjustment or recreation simply in the way in which we approach each day in our life. You know, many today approach day after day with the dread of being cramped, squashed, and held back with 24 more, 24 more hours of lockdown, steeped like a teabag in COVID fatigue. Just think, if we make ourselves available to God and ask God to remake and remold just the way we look at our daily life, what an accomplishment that would be. That in itself would be a huge accomplishment for this season of Lent, for Holy Week, and it would really prepare us for a beautiful new Easter. Well, here's this week's call to action. Over the years, I've witnessed and, I, and several people and their plan, their method, their Lenten discipline, you might say, their approach to observing the season of Lent. One such plan is called my Lenten jar, and I'm going to just sort of summarize this. Uh, the the gentleman who got this idea in in this is this is written in first person because he's he's speaking this now. He says, "I always have nice things that I'd like to do during Lent, but I never seem to make time to get to it. I want to write a letter to a friend. I want to visit a lonely person. I want to call a distant friend. I want to walk across the street. I want to do a project. Maybe do a small household project for a friend or a family member. Well, now at the beginning of Lent, I write down." 40 tasks, one per day, each on a separate slip of paper, and I toss them in a jar. Then each morning of Lent, I pull one out, and I do the task written there. It teaches me that I like surprise and I like variety in my Lenten practices. For me, this is a very simple way to concentrate on the disciplines of giving my service, my time, and my gifts, and thereby growing closer to God while doing good for others. Finally, I want to share with you one more time. This is, I'm sorry, I need to say this is Pastor Mike again sharing this message. Finally, I want to share with you one more time some foundational thoughts about your plan for Lent this year. Remember, please, the Lenten journey is an annual reminder that God is the builder. God takes the available materials and makes them ready. God sets the schedule and the timing. And it's up to us to fully and willingly participate in the life-building process. It's up to us to hand over to God those parts, those aspects of ourselves that need to be remodeled, rebuilt, repaired, renewed, and maybe even recreated all together. So what's it going to be? Does God have a rebuilding and remodeling project in mind for you this year? I share with you from Bread and Wine, Readings for Lent and Easter, 
And by the way, this meditation, this this small part of a meditation was written by Kathleen Norris. And I'm referring to the same book that I talked about in the Ash Wednesday meditation. Turns out Kathleen Norris was a, a teacher at a parochial school. And she'd been talking to the kids about when and how and why the book of Psalms was written. That Psalms are, are, are essentially the prayer book of Israel, the prayer book of people, and just filled with all kinds, every, every human emotion that you can think of. Well, one young boy who was angry about his older siblings teasing him all the time, he wrote his version of a psalm. And actually, if you look at Psalm 13, it kind of reminds you of the psalm that he wrote. Well, his was kind of a psalm, and it was a story that he called The Monster in My Messy House. Turns out, he describes his angry response to the situation by writing about wrecking and tearing up walls in his big brother's bedroom. Kathleen says that if this young boy would have been a desert monk hundreds of years ago, his superiors would have commended him on such an honest, authentic, and forthright thoughts in his writing. And they would have said something like this to him. You know what? This sounds like you're well on your way to full repentance. Why not make your messy house into a home in which God wants to dwell? Friends, I share with you from the prophet Joel. Yet even now, says the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. Rend your hearts and not your clothing. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and relents from punishing. Who knows whether he will not turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him, a grain offering and a drink offering. O God, as we begin this season of Lent and as we begin this journey, May we offer ourselves, our whole selves to you, especially our souls, the ways in which we look at the world. May we offer ourselves to you to be the builder, the rebuilder, the recreator, the rescuer of our souls. You have given all to me. To you, O Lord, I return it. Everything is yours. Do with it what you will. Give me only your love and your grace. That is enough for me. Amen.